Well, good morning. Usually you would hear another good morning in reply, but not today. So there's a good morning. Thank you. Appreciate that very much. Set up here. Well, I'm glad to be with you. If virtually, uh, you know, last week we were uh, traveling, so I, I participated at about 70 miles an hour going down I-40. Uh, thankfully, Lindsay was driving, so didn't have to worry about uh, me watching the sermon and uh, trying to drive, but it was great to connect virtually. Had no idea we'd be able to do that again today uh, for the majority of our body, so glad you are here. Uh, my name's Mike. Um, I am a sinner. I tend to look at people, but I'm looking at pews, so um, I'll look that way, I guess. Uh, yes, I'm looking at Steve up in the balcony. Um, I'm a sinner, um, as, as we all are, and I serve here as a shepherd. Um, I want you to know that we continually think about you, the body, and we're very thankful for you. Uh, Jenny and I are, the shepherds are, uh, we're inspired by your service, uh, the love we see that you have for our community. So thank you very much for being who you are. Um, before we go any further, I, I want to just say that we believe God's Word is true. It's one of our foundational beliefs, that we believe God's Word is true. For personally, for me, when I study Scripture, I, I look at the Bible in three ways. I shared this with a, a Bible class we had um, a week or so ago. There's universal truths that come out of the Bible, and I look at God as love is one of those, applies in all situations. Then there's also biblical principles that I need to apply. So it's something that happens or is stated in the Bible that I look and say, I need to apply that to me, and I, I trust that the Holy Spirit puts those on me. One of those would be love your neighbor as yourself. Um, then there's also times when there's specific events that I can learn from. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, it's not so much that I think I need to have the power to raise people from the dead, but I can learn from that, that I can be risen from the dead. So as I take Scripture, I have to apply it to myself, and I would challenge you to do the same. So today as I share this with you, I'll be sharing Scriptures and how they apply to me. They may not apply to you that way. That might be a principle that I take or something the Holy Spirit's putting on me that he's not putting on you right now. Uh, today we'll have a word of encouragement, a little bit of a refresher. So there'll be a part of this that you'll be like, Mike, we already know this, so that's good. Um, if you're somebody who has not met God yet, then this would be new to you, uh, and we're here to have that conversation as well. But it'll be a little bit of a refresher, and then at the end there'll be a challenge for us today. My hope is that whether you are four years old, three years old, two years old, or 98 today, that you find something that you can apply to your life today, something you can use tomorrow. I have zero desire for you to hear words and increase your knowledge and do nothing with it. Uh, I'd rather you turn us off now and go do something else if you're at home and that's uh, where you're at. That's fine. Go read your Bible. You'll get more out of it. But if you're here to hear what God wants to say to you today and what he wants to put on your heart and challenge you with today, that's, that's really the goal. I hope you're able to listen to God and deal with God and let the Spirit move in your life. If you join me in prayer for just a moment. Father God, we thank you so much for this opportunity to listen to you, to inspect your word, to hear what you would say to us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you convict us of the things that we need to be paying attention to. 
And Jesus, your name is above all names. We call on that today to put aside everything else that would distract us from what you're calling us to hear today. Thank you so much for the blessing of the believers that love you here. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, one last thing on my side. Uh, I want to continue to thank you guys for praying for us. Um, if you don't know me, I have a cane. Uh, I'm still dealing with some injury. And, and the prayers that I get and the concern of this body is inspiring. It really is. Um, I've had several occasions to have younger members of our body pray for us. So Dottie, Jane, Chase, Roy, Charlie. Um, when, when a younger person comes up and says, hey, Mr. Mike, and I'm like, yeah, and I'm thinking they want me to do something for them, and I said, can we pray for you? It's a very sweet time. So thank you, um, all the little ones of our, our body. You inspire me. You really do. Well, I can assure you today, even though I've had some trials, and Jenny and I said the other day as we were talking, this has been the toughest season of our lives, bar none. I can assure you God gives good gifts. Now, I thought we were going to have everybody in the audience today, so I, there is one younger person here, uh, or I guess I don't consider you guys young, but um, a younger person here today. So I drew pictures. I thought that would be fun. Uh, now, everybody's at home. So if you're a drawer, if you like art at all, you can all draw your own stick figures. It's just a little box. You draw a circle atop, some little arms and legs. So I thought I would do stick figure drawings today uh, to make it a little bit more fun for our, our total audience that we'd have. But I can assure you of this, that God gives good gifts. Where are you today in your relationship with God? We did a survey and we learned that many of our body have been Christians for more than 20 years or are growing up in uh, Christian homes. So I'd put you in the category of you're already on Team Jesus. It's the majority of us. For that group, I'd ask, are you maturing in your relationship with God? As opposed to gaining more knowledge, do you have an actual relationship with God and with others and are applying your faith? For some of us, might be just punching a religious card today. I need to check in. I'm supposed to do that. I'm supposed to preach today. I'm supposed to be on the praise team today. I just got to punch the box. My hope is that that's not you, but I recognize that, that at times there is. Some other of us are learning about your faith now, just starting that walk. It might be passing it on to your children or helping pass it on to your grandchildren. Some of us might be even questioning if we'll follow God. I'd like to start us off, though, where we all start off is at our own beginning. Not Genesis 1, but my beginning, your beginning. We're all just people. That's why we got a little person up there. All people have the same classification in front of God. People. It's interesting that the world will try to put us in different groups and categories. You're a this, you're a that. There is but one race, and it is the human race. Nationality, skin color, wealth, poverty, education, personal beliefs, hobbies, your age, your profession, even your football alliance. Options go on of how you could separate who we are, but we're not. 
The sad side of that is that there's also hatred, and I don't just mean Alabama and Tennessee. I mean people hate people because they're different than them, a different race, a different nationality. But God has designed us all to be one. God put this on my heart um, at a younger age, and I had a friend who had a different skin color than I uh, named Ray. And a lot of people who are listening to this might think I'm talking about Ray Darius, and I'm not. I'm talking about Ray McCoy, uh, my friend at church. Uh, he would identify in culture as black, even though he's a different shade of brown. Um, but Ray and I became friends, and he was not my black friend, Ray. He was just my friend, Ray. No difference. And I, I understand color. I'm an art person, so I know he was a different color than me. I wasn't confused, but he's just Ray. So God put on my heart a very early age, don't buy into how people separate us out. We're all one person. At a conversation with uh, a men's group at the Bells River House, we were sitting around a campfire, and Bill Wright shared uh, just the concept of should we accept the labels that people put on us? We put on ourselves. It's an interesting conversation because it started to open my brain up a little bit about, well, what is success? What is failure? That voice inside, should I be listening to it? Should I not? Should I be listening to the voices outside? Today, I would want to challenge you that we're all just people. It's a really simple thing, and again, you know that. It's not like you don't know that, but I want to remind us of that. Brothers and sisters, God gives us good gifts. I heard a song uh, yesterday, and it had this verse in it. It said, I will never be more loved than I am right now. Brothers and sisters, you will never be more loved than you are right now. There is a Father that loves you deeply. One of the gifts that the Father gives us is the gift of choice. We get to choose. You'll see our next little drawing up there. We've got the same little person, us, you, me. We've got a choice that's in front of us to serve a risen Savior, there I have him on the cross when he's crucified, or serve anything else. I put the world as the example of that. It could be ourselves, could be our interests, could be anything else. God comes to each of us and reveals himself to us and says, what will you choose? And the interesting thing, and I, you know, the narrow path, the narrow way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. When I was a child, I, I thought of that more as, oh, it's really difficult. You better watch out. You're going to slip off the path because you're not perfect and you'll lose your salvation. I think of it now more that the narrow way is it's the only way in. Everything else is the other option. So you don't have to hate Jesus, but if you don't choose him, you haven't chosen him. If you choose to serve materiality in your own self, okay, anything else other than Jesus. That's why I think of it as a narrow way. There's just one way. It's him. Well, God gives us a choice to choose that light or the dark. In John, he shares the light, which was Jesus, shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not understood it. 
the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, though the world was made through him, the world, meaning all people, did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, which would have been Israel and the Jews at that time, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children and were adopted, adopted children of God, children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. Choosing to accept Jesus Christ's completed work on the cross was the best decision of my life. Before you think that I'm up here because I have some qualification, I still sin every day, and I'm working to improve and do better and mature. If today you're wrestling with this picture and deciding to put your faith in God, I would ask that you reach out. Uh, obviously, today we're not in person, but reach out online, reach out to our church office, email us, text, text us, get in contact with us. We have a ministry team, we have shepherds, we have members here who would love to talk with you about the choice that's in front of you. Family at Fourth, God gives good gifts. If we choose to put our faith in God, the I am moves from focus on myself, I am, I am going to do what I want to do, to I am. I'm going to follow the I am. In Exodus, the God at the time, you don't know if it's Father, Son, or Spirit, but God reveals himself as the I am. In John 8, 58, Jesus reveals himself as the I am. There's a sovereignty to God that places him as Lord over your life. Again, this is review but it's worth, if, and I should have said this at the beginning, if you're already here and you're like, I'm already on Team Jesus, Mike, let's get to the, the challenge. Take this in and be refreshing in your mind. How would you share this with somebody else who's not? So that's why we're going back through the basics for a second. You meet somebody, you tell them, man, yeah, I'm a Christian, I, I love God. If they're not really there, you say, oh yeah, I guess it is a choice at some point you have to choose. That's why we're going back through this. It's Use it as how would you use this. As you, as you have younger children, great opportunity to say, yeah, at some point you'll be confronted with this. At some point that Holy Spirit will tap on your heart. Uh, that's, that's why we're going through this. Once you choose God, we're given this promise, and this is out of Galatians 3, 26 through 29. So in Christ Jesus, you are all adopted children. I put adopted in there. You are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So when we started with just people, people are people, right? God then creates believers and unbelievers. I would oftentimes refer to as brothers and sisters, which means 
the family of believers and those that choose not to. There is a oneness and a unity that is supposed to exist among the believers, and that's where this is, uh, is written to us, that the children of God through faith is who Galatians is pointing towards. It says that the earthly way we look at ourselves, Jew or Gentile, nationality, probably prideful identity would be in that group, slave nor free, your position in life, what's your role, neither male nor female, even your gender, you're all one together in Christ. That's how God sees you. So there's a oneness that should exist among the body. The beautiful thing is it does at forth. Uh, it does among your shepherds. It's, it's a neat blessing. It's probably the best way I could say it, uh, to be part of that. But this doesn't mean that when Jesus said this, actually Paul said this, when this was said, that people stopped their roles. The masters didn't stop being masters. The slaves didn't stop being slaves. Men didn't stop being men. Women didn't stop being women. So, so on and so forth. It just meant we have roles to take care of in this world. But those roles shouldn't be our identity. Our identity comes from God. So as we put Him as Lord up there, as the I Am, our identity comes from Him. So my challenge for you today is to be listening to what the Spirit is saying who your true identity is. Uh, challenge for me, part of my identity was I like to do physical things. I like to go hiking. I like to do triathlons and cycling. And, well, we can take that identity away, right? So be careful what you put your identity in. The I am loves you. I'll remind you, you have never been loved more than you are right now. Salvation and our identity in Christ is a great gift. Let me remind you that God gives good gifts. There are many blessings that you could point to uh, that God gives us as believers in Him. I picked a few out just because they stuck out to me. Uh, the promise of the Holy Spirit indwelling within you. The fact that you have God in you, not with you, in you, helping you. If, if you listen, right? <laughs> we can grieve the Holy Spirit and not listen, but if we listen. For me, that, that's a prompting. You'll see somebody and God's pointing it to them and you're like, yeah, I need to go say something. A couple others I picked out, there's many more, but grace, wow, the unearned gift of God that allows Jesus' perfect life to count for me. doesn't depend on me. I have a choice, but yeah, the salvation isn't based on my merit by no means. Peace stuck out to me. We heard a great sermon on peace last week. Take peace from here and go somewhere, and that's going to be part of our challenge today. Peace, is that, for me, is that unwavering calm, knowing that God is always with us. Whether I've got significant burdens or not, I can have a peace 
because my eternity is decided. Joy was another one that came up, and that always comes up for me in, uh, after the holidays of Christmas and, and singing Joy to the World. But an inner feeling of contentment regardless of external circumstances. I would imagine, and I, I know to some extent, everybody's carrying a burden of some sort, just the way life is. Um, there are people who are mourning for lost loved ones. Uh, there's illness. There's job loss. There's pain in this world. There just is. But joy supersedes that. Doesn't mean my leg doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. I mean, it hurts right now. Okay. But you can still have joy that the Father's walking through. He's sustaining me, sustaining my family through this time. There's also other gifts, and these are, I think of, those I think of are kind of universal that, that God gives out, but a lot of them are personal. Some people in here are very intelligent. I'm not one of those. Um, some are artistic and creative. Some are musically gifted, as we've heard today. Some are teachers. We have encouragers. We have nurturers. Some people are great at just being present and letting you be heard. I don't know exactly what God, gifts God's given you, but I would love for you just to take a minute. We won't really take a minute, maybe 30 seconds. Reflect on a gift God's given you because you're unique. There's one of you. There's one Michael Scott. There is. There's one of you. What is a gift you have As you're online, you may want to share that with your family if you guys are sitting around a table. We, we would watch it from our bedroom, typically, <laughs> during COVID time. <laughs> Think about that gift that God's given you. I'm going to continue to remind you that God gives good gifts. And here's a challenge that happens in life, at least in my life. The gifts get smaller at times. The world seems a little bit larger. Mark 4 puts it this way, and it's, this, it's a parable that Jesus shared, the parable of the sower. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, he's being believers, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. In my life, there's times and seasons when life just pulls me away from focusing on the gifts. And what God's given, I think that's, at least from, I guess I say it's natural because I don't want to judge myself and say I'm a freak, but I think it just happens. There's, there's times and seasons of life. The worries of this life, I might get sick, I might lose a job, I might need food. The deceitfulness of wealth, I can make myself safe 
I can ensure everything will go okay. I can meet my needs for years ahead. The world will choke out the Word. It chokes out the gifts that we've been given and gets us focused back on the world and away from the I am. I was reading a book recently, and it challenged me to think about fear and scarcity. Fear and scarcity. It's a way that people try to manipulate you into thinking about things other than God. And they're not a lot of times trying to do that, but, oh my gosh, what happens if you get sick? Well, are you sick today? No, I'm perfectly healthy. Well, then live today in the present and how God has made you today. Guess what? Many of our body are sick today. You are sick today, and we're praying for you to get better. But there's an opportunity to allow fear to come in and rob you of the current joy for what God is doing for you today. In fact, at least in my life, if I look backwards, I see He's always been faithful. And the fear is actually of what might happen, but if I actually look backwards and looked at how well He has done in the past, I would actually go, wow, I should have more confidence that things are going to go fine in the future because He's provided for us. Scarcity is another one. Well, I can't give because I might need that someday. There's a parable about bigger barns. Should we be building bigger barns? Actually, I don't know if it's a parable or a statement, but should we be building bigger barns? I believe the reality is there's enough food in this world for no one to be hungry. There's enough wealth in this world for everyone to have a home. How do you do that? I am not smart enough to figure that out. I already told you I'm not the intelligent one. I'm the artist. I'll draw you a picture of it. There's plenty. If we can read Matthew 6 and see that God takes abundant care of the little bitty sparrow that comes to my window, he'll take care of us, his children whom he loves. Do I need to be worried about this world when the little flower that comes up and frost is going to kill, he wants that to be beautiful. I don't need to worry. I would challenge you as that world gets bigger in your view, and guess what, guys? It happens to me too. Life happens, and I start focusing less on God. My attention goes less to God. I'm more concerned about where the future is and all those things. I need to look backwards. And you might think, you know what, Mike? You're in Williamson County, and you've been provided richly and all those things. I'm going to take you back to a van on a Wednesday night when I'm about eight years old. My dad's out of work, and if you know what a, gro a Kroger grocery bag sounds like, it has a different weighting than, we didn't have plastic back then, I'm too old for that, but we had Kroger bags, right? Uh, grocery bag. And we heard people giving us grocery bags. And I grew up in Indiana, and people literally have corn coming out their ears. That's, that's, they say that because there's more corn than you ever want to look at. Uh, when the harvest comes. And so people would give each other vegetables. And so I just assumed we were getting vegetables from somebody who had so much they didn't want to look at it anymore. We got home and unloaded a week's worth of groceries. Milk, eggs, and I'm at eight. I'm smart enough to figure out we didn't go to the grocery and we've been here an hour. So nobody else, you know, just had this laying around. Somebody is taking care of us. My dad was out of work and the church was feeding us. 
Uh, it took me, I guess I was, I was about 35 years old before I realized what the lesson there was, is God takes care of you. Now, you might have to humble yourself and let other people take care of you, which for me, I'm learning, right? Might be one of my lessons in this process. Don't let fear and scarcity drive what you focus on. God gives us the gift of being able to refocus. Brothers and sisters, God gives us good gifts. Well, I'll tell you, when you start to get the focus right, and you'll see the earth just became a little bitty ball there, almost ping pong size. It's not that we're not supposed to be in the earth. We are. God challenges us, Jesus challenges us to be not of the world. And he means don't live by the values of this world. Live by what he's calling you to do. In John 17, he says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they're not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world. Again, the prayer is not for us to be away from everybody. It's not that. My prayer is not that you take them out of this world, but that you would protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. We are to be sent forward into the world with the gifts that we've got. And if you notice yourself on the screen, a little bit of you, you've now picked up one of the gifts that you've got. You are to share your gifts with the world. When I ask you to think about a gift God's given you, how can you share that with another person, another human? Don't fall into the trap of you need to know so much about whatever before you can share gifts with others. I'm a firm believer that a loving, humble concern for those around you shares your heart with them better than any amount of knowledge. I see that change inspire people more than I do fancy words or pick your next thing. You and me as believers are plan A to share the gifts God's given us with others. Family at Fourth, we can serve others with our gifts because God gives us good gifts. Well, I've got a cool little drawing there. We've got a person with us now. We're sharing our gift on, on the drawing. But here's some thoughts for you to consider. Mark, you guys can kind of move your way back up. First thought I want you to, if you take away one thing today, I would love for you to hear this. I will never be more loved than I am right now. Same applies for you. You will never be more loved than you are this moment. And guess what? In five minutes, you can say that again. God really loves you and really cares for you. 
Some of us need to consider that gift of choice we talked about at the very beginning, of who are you going to make the I am. C.S. Lewis said, we're either going to hear, thy will be done, where we say it to God, or God says to us, thy will be done. We chose to do it ourselves and, and put ourselves in that seat of authority. Again, we'd be honored to talk with you about that. If you're at a spot in your life where you're like, I want to wrestle with God and I want to understand who he is, we'd be happy to have that conversation with you. We'd be honored to. Some of us need to be reminded to not let the worries of this world choke us out and that world get too out of too big. Some need to consider the personal gifts God's given you. Are you using those for others? When Jesus sent out workers, he sent out the 72, it says, in Luke 10. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send workers out into the harvest. Again, this is me taking his scripture and applying it to myself. I don't need to go convince people to follow God. I believe today people need God more now than ever. People are hungry. They don't know what they're hungry for. They're hungry. They're actually hungry for is their father. My challenge for you today is how will you use the gifts you've received? Will you choose to share time, resources, caring, special talents that God's given you with others? Uh, so I'm an accountant by training. We had a, uh, I'm going to digress. We had a daily cash report, right? That's important for a business. You've got to know where your cash position is. And I told my staff accountant, Nick, I said, hey, I want to see the daily cash report. And he said, great, I'll, I'll do that. Next morning, you know, I'm like, okay, when, I wonder when he's going to send that to me because I, I want to take that off my brain so I'm not thinking about the daily cash report all day. I realized I hadn't been specific. What I really meant was I want cash reconciled and the daily cash report in my email by 9 a.m. Guess what happened the next day? I mean, maybe it was 9.02, but it was close enough. By 9 a.m., every day thereafter, I actually got a daily cash report and I could take it off my brain. Mike, what does that have to do with what we're talking about? Here's my challenge for you. I don't know if you can read it on the screen, but it actually, the person giving the gift says, God has. When somebody asks you this week, hey, how was your weekend? How was your New Year's? It was great. And God has blank. God has blessed me with a wonderful family. We got to play games last night with our family. It was wonderful. Or God has provided me with a wonderful Christian family that has been taking care of our needs while I've been injured. Use that little word of God has. When somebody asks you a question, yeah, that's going great, and God has done this for me this last week, or God is walking through me through this tragedy or sorrow. And then I'm asking you to be bold and do the next one as well. If you'd ever like to talk about God, I'd be happy to, or I'd be honored to. Actually, go that next step forward and be bold. So my question is not to ask you for the daily cash report. 
My request of you today, when you're in the grocery line or when you're coming into contact with people you come into contact with regularly, use God has this week. When they ask you a question, how are you? Great, God has done this today. Or God hasn't blessed me with a great worship experience this morning. This is a tremendous opportunity for us to share Jesus with our community. God gives us good gifts. Go, share your gifts.